And I think democracies can only reach their full potential if the youth is being involved and not simply just ignored. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Under 30, a podcast brought to you by the partnership between the European Commission and the Council of Europe in the field of youth. I'm Ismail Fai Civico, and together with Amanda Georgescu, we'll be hosting this episode. We hope you enjoy. Welcome, everyone, to this um, conversation about young people and democracy. My uh, name is Mara Georgescu, and I work as Senior Educational Support Officer for the European Youth Foundation of the Council of Europe. In a nutshell, the European Youth Foundation is a fund that supports projects by youth organizations. And within the campaign Democracy Here, Democracy Now, we will have today the chance to explore two projects, at least, that were supported in this campaign. We have today with us Gabriela and Sophie, and I want to thank them already for making time for this. They are both active in youth organizations and they carried out projects, so we'll ask them to introduce themselves and tell us more about their project very soon. Let me give you also a little bit of context about this campaign and the call for projects and so on. So this year, the Youth Department of the Council of Europe is carrying out a campaign to revitalize democracy. And within this, uh, to recognize and value uh, the role of young people um, to, and their contribution made to democracy. To do that, we do a lot of things, but one of them was to actually give support to youth organizations that would contextualize democracy and the issues around it and would engage young people to revitalize it or to make it more vibrant and more youth-friendly, right? Uh, because sometimes democracies are not that youth-friendly. The EYF had a special call uh, and uh, we had two deadlines. At the first deadline, we approved 13 local projects and Gabriela's project is one of them and also four international projects and Sophie's project is one of them. And then we had a second deadline where we got a lot of applications, over 60, and we are still processing them. And I take this as good news for democracy and for young people that there is an interest in working on this topic still in 2022. I'm kind of happy to hear that. And also that through the support of the European Youth Foundation, there can be more projects reaching more young people everywhere and actually not taking for granted that everyone now knows how democracies work and how they can get engaged. Because very often we see young people are not necessarily feeling at home in, uh, in the ways uh, in which our democracies work. So here is just to give you a little bit of a context. Now, I think the best would be also to know how Sophie and Gabriela and their project have interpreted this call and how their project are supporting democracy. So please, if you could just start by introducing yourself. Hi, thank you, Mara. And thank you all for joining, for letting me in. I am Gabriela. I am 29 years old. I am a PhD student in political science. I, my research is focusing on youth climate mobilization. So in a way, also what I do in my everyday life is somehow related to the, the campaign of Democracy Here, Democracy Now. I am one of the co-founders of Fanta Politica, which is the youth organization that applied for um, and that will implement the project. And uh, I'm based in Italy, as you probably might hear from my accent. <laughs> I'm based in Bologna. And um, I've been involved in uh, several youth international projects, especially at the European level, 
first as participant uh, and then as organizer, especially in the international uh, election observation missions with, that focuses on youth participation. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm Sophie and I'm a young delegate for scouting in Germany, which means that I represent the German umbrella organization for scouting because we have quite a complex system there, which I'm not going to explain in detail. But yeah, I'm one of the young people representing scouting on an on a European level, basically. But the project I'll be introducing to you in a second um, was organized by WASM Europe, which is the European branch of the World Organization of the Scout Movement, which is the largest international scouting organizations uh, organization with over 40 million members worldwide. Apart from scouting, I don't do that much at the moment, but I'm about to finish my bachelor's studies in international studies in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's it about me, I think. I have a question uh, for Sophie, just to get a little bit more involved now with the, uh, with the actual project. And what is the project you're involved with? And let's say, what's its aim? What are you looking to achieve with that project? How do you want to move a bit more towards to democratize, let's say, young people's engagement, especially scouts? Because in this case, I'm guessing you only are working with scouts in some way. Uh, are you only being only in Germany, all around Europe? And t tell me a bit more about the project. Yeah, sure. So our project is or, or was called um, The Power of Human Rights Education and was basically meant to start a dialogue about human rights um, within the scouting associations in Europe. So yeah, it's, it's a European project, not just within Germany. And we were, I think, 25 participants in that project um, from over... 15 different European countries. So it's quite a big and international European project, I would say. And yeah, we started our own campaign. And within that campaign, each of the participants will be starting their own project within their national scouting organizations. Because, yeah, scout, I mean, th there's a stereotype that scouting is just about eating leaves and selling cookies which it is not because scouting is very political. Scouting is the biggest youth movement in the world. And that's why we have quite a big, I think, educational responsibility because we can reach that many young people. So we're trying to bring human rights into the dialogue and young adults and children about the importance of human rights within democracies. So, so Sophie has been speaking about human rights education within scouting, let's say, and in your project, you're tackling a lot of climate change and a lot of inequalities in society, uh, whether for young people or society in general. I was asking, do you see any parallels between both of your projects or are they completely different in your, in your perspective or do you try to tackle through a different angle and not specifically human rights education, how it might be more commonly understood? Well, there are points, uh, merging points, but I think we are addressing the, the issue from different uh, perspectives. Uh, so maybe Fanta Politica will tackle human rights education indirectly. And I, I try to explain why. Our project focused on, has as an aim to empower and encourage young people to get involved in uh, institutional politics. Uh, especially at local levels. So we provide uh, trainings for skill development, uh, trying to facilitate networking between young local councillors and potential candidates. 
uh, and we also uh, facilitate peer mentoring among, among them. Uh, so the, the, the idea is to get to facilitate uh, these uh, young people to uh, get elected so that they can actually tackle human rights, climate change and social inequalities. So this is, this is our, uh, let's say, contribution to the main goal. I think maybe now a question maybe for both of you, uh, maybe even Mara, if you would like to, to jump in now to answer this question, because every time there's a project, that's because an issue needs to be answered. And it has to be a solution for a specific issue we are seeing today. And the main topic in both of your projects is speak about democracy, speak about more youth engagement, uh, get young people more involved. And what do you think are the main issues democracies are facing today? Uh, Sophie, of course, you spoke about human rights education, but what issues between human, in human rights education you ever spoke inequality, about inequality in general in society, but are there any other issues uh, you might want to bring up that you would like to tackle personally in your projects or what really is at risk here uh, in our democracies? That's an open question to even the three of you, Matt, if you, even if you would like to jump in also and uh, give your perspective. I can start. Um, so in our project, we talked a lot about the importance of dialogue in situations of conflict and that often not trying to understand each other causes problems that could be resolved by an open and honest dialogue. And in many cases, especially young people, are just never being engaged in such dialogues about what's going on in their countries and their democracies and are just excluded from such dialogues, which is why I think democracy here, democracy now, is such a relevant pro project because young people are just lacking the tools and the opportunities to be heard, and I think democracies can only reach their full potential if the youth is being involved and not simply just ignored. Gabriela, is there anything you would like to, to add to that maybe on the inclusion of young people uh, in democratic processes maybe? I think that's where Sophie wanted to come at in, in theory to get young people a lot more included uh, in those processes and actually teach them how to get a bit more involved. Is there anything you have maybe another perspective on that point? Yes, yes. I think that we we are uh, witnessing many things that are missing, uh, at least in the um, Italian context. I can I would say that uh, there is a lack of re representativeness of how Italy looks like today, because um, institutional politics also at the local level is very much old, white, and male dominated. So. I think this has also an impact on the policies that, that these people are producing, because of course, positionality has a, has a value in this. And the, the other negative effect of this lack of representativeness is that there is a process of tokenization of young people. So young people are treated as token. So they are uh, actually present. Maybe they are consulted. Maybe they are contacted, uh, but they are not actually effective and uh, take into account in the decision-making process. And um, of course, this also brings to a lack of trust between institutions and citizens. And uh, the idea uh, of Fanta Politica, and I guess also of, the, of democracy here, democracy now, is the, um, the willingness to bridge this distance through young people, 
that will also maybe uh, tackle the lack of innovation that is uh, currently present in democratic, democratic institutions because often young people are creative in how to uh, make process more participated. And I think they also grab a more nuanced and, and um, complex idea of reality, uh, which sometimes is lost in the polarization of current uh, democratic uh, competition, especially during, uh, during electoral period. Sophie, do, do you also see what, what Gabriella brought up in terms of uh, tokenization? Because I have been hearing that word quite a bit. And I would like to understand maybe from your perspective, you had the same experience or not, or do you actually think that young people are just there to, let's say, do pretty and say, yes, we actually did. They're here, they're saying what they think, but at the end of the day, we're not even going to take into account their perspective, which is a bit a very vulgar definition of tokenization in some way, but it's a very uh, easy way to understand it. Yeah, I think it's it's often a very big problem that young people are, or it's pretended that young people are actually taken into account, but they're not actually being listened to, which is why I think scouting is, is so relevant for young people, because um, our aim is to include young people into decision, <coughs> sorry, into decision-making processes and help them find their own voice and stand up for what is important to them. And we teach that to them from a very young age, because I think in some countries, scouting starts even at the age of four, and we start giving them the tools to stand up for what they believe in and do that as a group. So I think, yeah, scouting is a very good example of how it can be done, even though we still have a lot to work on, of course, but it, it's a step in the a first step in a very very good direction, and I think politics can maybe even yeah have a look at what good job I would like, we do. No, no, no actually, like uh, I have a question because I, like <laughs> I would like to know why both of you think that young people are tokenized, <laughs> and how both of your projects can actually be a solution to that tokenization in itself. Do you think people, young people, are tokenized in the way because? Maybe they don't have enough experience or maybe because they're not taken seriously because they're too young. They don't have the relevant studies, maybe, or they haven't worked enough. I mean, to be honest, uh, do you expect an 18-year-old maybe to be in the highest level of government or not? I think that's really the question we want to get to. And maybe if you have, maybe yes, maybe not. I'm not entirely sure what both of your perspectives is. Maybe, Gabriella, would like to jump on that question? Yeah. Yeah, I think that the, the honest question is that everything is adult-centered. And, uh, and built by adults. So there is this idea that uh, young people doesn't have uh, an entire or complete uh, political agency while they have. Uh, but of course, because of also of their age, they uh, couldn't uh, um, have a huge experience. But this doesn't mean that they are not, uh, they cannot be uh, competent in what they do. And, and uh, also because during you know the early uh, age uh, of childhood or youth, people are very much uh, oriented in uh, justice actions. So they they do feel as burning question those of uh, justice, declining as uh, race, justice, or climate change or gender issues. So I I would say that this happened because institutions and 
spaces in general are not built to include young people. And also because there is a cultural idea that uh, young people are not competent just because they are young. While also, and this is, this became also more uh, tricky and complex if we think of how much differences are now raising between generations. Because, you know, many, ch many changes happened at uh, systemic levels in the last years. So I think that also young people do have toolkits that the oldest do does, don't, don't have because they, they just didn't have the time to, you know, to, to become competent in that. So there is maybe there is like, um, how do you say, something that is, I miss the word. When you take what is missing that other doesn't have and you complete it. So I, I use a very complex sentence to say that, but I hope it, it, it makes sense my, what I say. <laughs> I think we can get the idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sophie, what's your, what's your perspective with what uh, Gabriella said? I think Gabriella put that into words very nicely because often it's assumed that young people don't, are not competent or don't even have an opinion. But I think, for example, in the climate change dialogue, we can very well see that young people do have an opinion and they would like to bring it to the table, but the older generations just do not like to listen. And also in, in scouting, we see that young people certainly do have opinions about politics and they would like to be included and be part of the decision-making processes, but they just don't really get the chance to do so. Mara, I would like to hear a bit of your point of view when it comes to uh, to all of this, what they've been speaking about, young people not being included in, uh, in democratic processes, let's say the tokenism. Uh, have you had that same experience throughout, throughout your career? <laughs> well, uh, if I'm to refer to, to myself, I, I can also speak a bit more from the perspective of the project we've, we've been supporting now. Um, I think one of the issues is this question of space, space for young people. And space is not, um, I think we cannot really talk about space for voicing one's uh, ideas if that space is superficial or artificially created. So I think young people really need to be part of the serious business of running our societies. Um, and this is what we see also in the projects that were proposed. It's not like, okay, you have your own little thing with other young people, you have fun, you decide on something totally irrelevant and then you move on. That's not democracy. That can be, you know, let's say education, an educational process. But actually what we see from the project is that young people want to be part of the core business of running our societies, of deciding on important issues um, that uh, influence their lives. It's not that uh, somebody who is young, they don't experience, you know, poverty or they don't experience lack of jobs or they don't experience, you know, if our cities look nice and friendly or, or they don't. So I think this, um, this message of the campaign and also of the project we've been supporting is that young people really want to be at the table with the adults. I don't think we've seen so much this kind of, um, <laughs> let's say, issue of the 70s where the young people were against the adults, but what they're actually saying is like, we want to decide and we want to have a voice. Uh, and I want to also raise the issue here, also in terms of the state of our democracies, that uh, even though we always say, you know, one vote is one and value is one, there are groups in our societies that uh, 
either by their lack of, let's say, engagement in education or because they live in poor conditions or because they've been marginalized uh, for ages. Sometimes they are even more excluded than young people in general. So I think within youth groups, we also see that there are questions around minority groups, also around presentation of LGBTI people. And I think we need to also look at, at this, how democracy looks through the eyes of a young Roma person or through the eyes of a young irregular, and I don't like this word at all, but through the eyes of a young irregular migrant. I think it, it's also important. And I think with this, I would like to say that what we see in the project is also that uh, youth organizations are very much aware of these issues and are very much on top of the need. So um, I would like to add to this conversation also the need of trust in young people, because this is not, I don't think we're yet there as societies to say, we trust that 18-year-old to be at the table with the 60-year-old. <laughs> and that's okay. And that's actually enriching. Uh, I don't think anyone wants to say, okay, let's get rid of all the adults and then uh, we'll, we'll be fine. But the message is more, let's decide together because we live in the society together. Oh, but I think now it could be interesting to to dive into the topic of the Youth Action Week. I mean, again, we're, that is a bit of what we're also here to discuss. And a lot of young people are going to regroup now uh, at the end of June. And I want to hear, Gabriela, Sophie, are you both going to this? And if you are, what would you like to see there? What changes would you like to be made? Uh, what kind of dialogues? Because Sophie did bring up the, uh, the issue of the dialogue that there's also maybe some things being lost in translation. So I'd like to know both of your perspectives or what do you expect from this event and etc. So maybe Gabriela, you would like to start with that and maybe we can give the word on to Sophie afterwards. Yeah. Uh, well, I expect to meet engaged citizens uh, that come from different backgrounds and so also very re related to what Mara just said, to learn from other perspectives because young people are not an, uh, an homogeneous group. They are very different, although they, they often share the um, position, uh, the min minoritarian position, you know, especially in aging society that uh, Europe is full of. And also I expect to, to network with people that have uh, common interests, to discuss about very complex links, like the one between democracy and peace that unfortunately uh, is very at risk in our continent right now. And also to discuss what we are dis discussing right now, like how to include effectively youth in the decision-making processes. And of course, to celebrate Council of Europe and what uh, it acknowledge uh, and uh, acknowledge its achievement uh, since its foundation. When you're speaking about the Youth Action Week, we are speaking about the Council of Europe adapting to the times we have here. I mean, Gabriela and Sophie have been speaking about the issues and the and the lack, let's say, of youth participation that there is. And then, of course, the Council of Europe, an organisation that's been here for decades, actually trying to work and trying to say, okay, what it's, what is needed today. Have you had that experience uh, throughout the years in, in your career saying, okay, I have seen the Council of Europe adapting to the needs of young people. And what do you think? Do you think maybe in two years again, we have to readapt and in five and in 10? Or do you think we're on, a, we're on a good track and then we can keep on doing the same kind of activities for a few years? Or what's your perspective on the adaptation, let's say, of the Council of Europe uh, in youth participation? I think uh, the Council of Europe as an intergovernmental organization that means basically bringing together our government and the ministries of foreign affairs. I mean, they are the ones running the, the organization. 
has nevertheless quite a big space for young people <clears throat> and for adaptation. I'm saying this in the context where the, the youth program of the Council of Europe is actually run together by government and youth organizations. And so it's kind of a con constant adaptation all the time because it's not only you know, the powers in place coming to say what the Council of Europe should do with young people, but it's a dialogue between you know, the powers in place, elected representatives, as well as youth organizations who represent more directly young people and their wishes and their needs. Whether we need to adapt, yes, I think we always need to adapt and we always need to learn as an organization. I think in the youth department, we are perhaps a bit more equipped to that because we work together with young people all the time, with for young people. And in the case of the Youth Foundation, we support projects by the young people. However, I think there is still space for the whole organization, the Council of Europe, to engage with young people on all topics and not just those issues that are considered youth issues. Uh, that's my personal opinion and uh, I don't uh, necessarily consider it an institutional opinion. I think as a learning organization could engage more young people on everything, you know, on issues related to human rights, on issues related to corruption, on issues related to gender equality. I think there's, there's something to gain uh, by engaging young people that is beneficial for everyone, young or not young. I think it could be interesting to get the uh, perspective of, of young people in this case. So, Sophie and Gabriella, uh, are you are you satisfied with uh, Mara's answer? Do you think, indeed, at the Council of Europe uh, or with your projects in some way, there has been a kind of effort on both sides, either from your organizations and your projects and the higher level of institutions and organizations actually helping young people uh, and giving them that space that you two, of course, have taken a, a place in, in some way? What's your perspective? Sure. Um, yeah, I think it was a very nice answer you said it very nicely and i think the uif does a very very good job because yeah we, we need to listen to people and we need to adapt and yeah fight for their causes but also for for general topics that are not necessarily connected to yeah youth topics if that makes sense because there's so much, as I already said, motivation and enthusiasm to, to work for common causes among young people. And the EYF is a very, very good forum to do that. But also the yeah, Democracy Here, Democracy Now campaign gives a voice and toolkits to people, which I think is so important and so relevant. Um, and I think we'll make a lasting change, at least I think our campaign, the power of human rights education, will make a lasting change in scouting. And I'm looking forward to see the results of everybody's projects um, and also of the other projects that were part of Democracy Here, Democracy Now. I can go uh, and say that I totally agree with what uh, Mara just said. Uh, I think that uh, young people should be included in all political topics, all the topics that affect society just because they, they are just citizens. And they will be citizens for a very long time, if you think about it. So every decision will affect their lives. So yeah, I, I think they should be more present at, at every, every level and not only uh, on youth-related uh, topics. And I want to say that Council of Europe helps us to organize because providing us fundings is very crucial because the, most of the time 
young people doesn't have any money to to let's say to invest to their, with their on their ideas so it, it it is very vital what they do and also in terms of facilitating dialogue dialogue uh, with uh, people with different backgrounds and also from different countries that are not only those that belongs to the European Union member states. This, this of course, enrich the conversation and enrich the, um, the grabbing of uh, complexity that uh, we are facing in contemporary times. So, yeah. Is there anything else you would like to add? Anyone? Maybe Mara, since you didn't speak as, as much from the beginning, maybe there's some things you would like to add? Or Gabriela or Sophie? Closing remarks. Oh God, I can I can, I can, I can say something, uh, but it's 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 not. Uh, I think it's important. I would just like to thank all the youth organizations that have proposed their project to the European Youth Foundation uh, within this call. I think very often we forget to actually say thank you for the time spent, even in putting together an application, preparing it. You know, wanting to do something very serious. And yeah, my final word is really thank you for the dedication. I would have dreamt and hoped that all the projects would come true. Uh, I don't think we have that uh, rich bag of money, but we are we are trying to support as many as we can. But uh, yes, thank you to, to you, to hopefully also the listeners that are engaged in youth work and youth organizations for, you know, a lot of work put into building our better societies. And with those ending notes, we have reached an end to our episode. Thank you very much, Sophie and Gabriela, for participating in this podcast, and Tamara for co-hosting this episode with me. And to all the listeners, remember to follow us on Instagram at EUCOEYouth to stay up to date with all our future content. Thank you very much, and see you next time.